0: Welcome to Health Professional Radio. I'm your host, Neil Howard. Thank you so much for joining us for another segment. We're going to be speaking with Dr. David Gershenson in this segment. He's joining us here as Professor of Gynecologic Oncology at MD Anderson Cancer Center in Houston, Texas. He's going to discuss ovarian cancer and a rare form called low-grade serous ovarian cancer or LGSOC when a woman's diagnosed with LGSOC it's often the first case that their doctor has seen Now, this form of ovarian cancer which affects younger women who may be young moms or never got a chance to have children is often labeled as a very tricky opponent welcome to health professional radio Dr. Gershenson
1: well thanks for having me Neil it's a pleasure to be
0: with you this morning low-grade serous ovarian cancer LGSOC why is it so hard to diagnose
1: well, all, all types of ovarian cancer are really similar in that they are very difficult to diagnose. There is no effective screening for any type of ovarian cancer, mm. including low-grade serous ovarian cancer. So we have to rely on the, the symptoms
0: that may occur uh, that women uh, need to pay attention to. Are these symptoms uh, common throughout ovarian cancer diagnoses or are there some very specifics with this particular one?
1: There aren't really any specifics for low-grade serous carcinoma. Again, it's like all of the other epithelial ovarian cancers so uh, bloating may occur, uh, early satiety which means, means getting full early when you're eating, abdominal or pelvic discomfort or pain is very common. And then urinary frequency and constipation may occur, and you know it's 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 a lot of common sense. And so it's persistence of the symptoms. Uh, You know we all have occasional bloating. We all may have uh, very commonly constipation, but it's persistence of the symptoms for you know a few weeks Mm -hmm. that should trigger uh,
0: and and raise a red flag for a woman to uh, seek care. Now, understanding that there are no real effective screening methods to detect these uh, types of cancers earlier, what are some of the other reasons that this uh, type of cancer is called a, a tricky opponent by clinicians, as I mentioned in our opening?
1: Well, one, one of the things is because it is so rare, um, it, it may be hard to diagnose because you really need an expert pathologist. To make the diagnosis following a biopsy or surgery. Mm -hmm. As you mentioned, this this rare ovarian cancer, compared to the more common type, occurs in younger women on average. It's slow-growing or indolent, uh, but it is associated with prolonged survival compared to the the more common types. Mm -hmm. But similar to the common types, It's not detected early usually, so it's detected after it's already spread beyond the ovary. And we also know that over 70-75% of women who develop this type of cancer will eventually relapse and will require not only the primary treatment, but will require treatment later on. We also learned early on that this type is not as sensitive to the common armamentarium that we've had uh, traditionally, which has been chemotherapy, mm-hmm. and so over the last fifteen years it's taken us uh, time to learn that there are other uh, potentially effective therapies other than chemotherapy.
0: What would some of those effective therapies be? I mean, obviously surgery is one.
1: Yes, well, certainly uh, surgery primarily would be uh, would be done. Not only for the diagnosis, but for all also for prognosis, uh, I'll make the point that if a woman has a suspected ovarian cancer of any type based on uh, you know preoperative testing or symptoms, it's very important to consider having surgery performed by a gynecologic oncologist and not just by an obstetrician gynecologist. Because gynecologic oncologists are trained in the very uh, sophisticated surgical procedures that are associated with the treatment of ovarian cancer. As far as as post-operative treatments, it's not that chemotherapy is totally uh, ineffective. There are some patients who do respond to chemotherapy. But the other drugs that we've learned about in the last decade or so have been endocrine therapies or hormonal therapies these are anti-estrogen drugs that are effective in breast cancer and have been studied mostly in breast cancer that can also be effective in low-grade serous carcinoma avastin or bevacizumab is a second uh, drug this is an what's called an anti-angiogenic drug that attacks not only the tumor cells but the blood supply to the tumor cells that's a drug that may be effective and then there have been drugs that have been developed called targeted therapies, mm-hmm. which means that they target a specific uh, pathway or molecular aberration or gene mutation in the low grade serous carcinoma. So we've, over the last few years, we've been able to um, increase active agents for this rare uh, ovarian cancer subtype.
0: World Ovarian Cancer Day just happened to fall on Mother's Day this year. It highlighted that many women that are diagnosed with this type of cancer can no longer have kids or or complete their families if they've uh, had children prior to their diagnosis. Talk about infertility after this type of uh, cancer. And is that the case with most types of ovarian cancer and treatments?
1: It is, the, it is the case with most types of what we call epithelial ovarian cancer. There are a couple of other rare subtypes, malignant germ cell tumors and also sex cord stromal tumors where the tumor is usually confined to one ovary. And so if it affects a young patient, it's it's many times very possible to preserve fertility. Low-grade serous carcinoma, because it's one of the epithelial types, again, is usually diagnosed in stage 2, 3, or 4. And the opportunity for uh, preservation of fertility is not there for most patients. But there are selected patients for whom we have been able to preserve uh, a normal uterus in either part of an ovary or one ovary with removal of the other. So there are selected patients for whom you can... You can preserve fertility, but it's not the majority, unfortunately.
0: What about ethnicity? Are there any uh, ethnic factors involved when diagnoses uh, are expected for this type of cancer?
1: That's a great question. Um, In our experience, and we've done, we have a large database for this rare ovarian cancer subtype and have done a, a number of large scale studies. Most of the patients, the vast majority, are Caucasian. Uh, African American and Asian patients uh, certainly can be affected uh, by this rare type, but it's 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 much less common.
0: What questions should a woman be asking her physician, and what questions or um, I guess steps can a physician make to better educate themselves about LGSC?
1: So if a woman presents to her physician, regardless of the specialty or whatever. And she is complaining that some of these persistent symptoms I mentioned, bloating, early satiety, abdominal discomfort for a period of time. The key tests uh, that would be uh, indicated would be a CA-125, which is a blood test. It's a tumor marker. And the other test to start out with would be a a pelvic ultrasound, uh, which gives you a good imaging uh, uh, diagnosis of the ovary. So that would be certainly one thing in terms of just uh, making a diagnosis or a suspicion of an ovarian malignancy. Secondly, if a woman has a suspected ovarian malignancy, uh, again, usually the first step is going to be surgery. And as I mentioned, seeking out a gynecologic oncologist is very important. The other things I would mention very briefly is once the surgery is performed, if if the diagnosis is a rare type of ovarian cancer like low-grade serous ovarian cancer, in many times the general pathologists are not that educated in making the diagnosis. So if there's any question, a second opinion should be sought on the pathology. And then finally, epithelial ovarian cancer in general. Um, is one that may be associated with uh, genetic aberrations, and so it's, it's recommended that patients undergo both genetic testing mainly for the, the BRCA gene but also that the tumor be profiled for uh, particular uh, identifiable mutations that may be targetable by some of the drugs that have been uh, developed
0: recently. Well, doctor, I appreciate your time this morning here on Health Professional Radio. Lots of great information. Thank you so much. Thanks very much for the opportunity. You've been listening to Health Professional Radio. I'm your host, Neil Howard, in conversation with Dr. David Gershenson. Audio copies of this program are available at hpr.fm and healthprofessionalradio.com.au. You can also subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, listen in, download at SoundCloud, and be sure and subscribe to our YouTube channel at youtube.com, Health Professional Radio.